Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Bronze. Each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, at least here in northeastern Pennsylvania, it's been raining a lot. This week it's been snowing. But uh, with the rain, inevitably comes mosquitoes. So that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Mosquitoes. And of course, we'll also try to cover some mosquito-related illnesses, and just as importantly, how to prevent mosquitoes from infiltrating your backyard. So Penn State Extension mentions that there's over 60 species of mosquitoes that can be found in Pennsylvania. The most common species are the common house mosquito, the white dotted mosquito, the inland floodwater mosquito, rock pool mosquito, and eastern tree hole mosquito. I'll be honest, I didn't really know there were that many different species. I thought a mosquito was a mosquito. Yeah, that's quite a few mosquitoes, or different kinds anyway. Um, but yeah, as we were going to be talking about, there's some to really watch out for. Yeah, so there's two invasive mosquito species that have hitchhiked their way into the U.S. The yellow fever mosquito and the Asian tiger mosquito. So both have been found in southern Pennsylvania. Um, however, their range may change and they could move further north in the coming years. Alright, so before we get into any more of that, let's go over their life cycle a bit. This is a little bit complex. Um, you might know that you know they kind of um, at least spend some, some of their time in the water. Uh, but let's get into it. So a mosquito's life cycle has actually four distinct life stages. There's the egg, the larva, the pupa, and the adult. Uh, some mosquitoes can complete their life cycle egg to adult in as little as 8 to 10 days, which is really crazy when you think about it. That's fast. Uh, so dump that water out quick. Uh, any kind of stagnant water, you know, just it's going to definitely produce mosquitoes quick. Um, overall, the, the amount of time I think to complete their life cycle will depend on mosquito species uh, and also the availability of resources and the weather conditions. So. Um, the egg, the larval, and the pupal stages are found in water habitats. Uh, to lay their eggs, adult female mosquitoes identify water habitats that contain organic material. So that means like grass and leaves, dirt, uh, and that provides immediate nutrition for the larval mosquitoes. Um, the females still lay their eggs in rafts, and that's just clusters of eggs. Um, or sometimes singly on the water surface, areas prone to flooding. Uh, eggs may hatch in two to three days under favorable conditions, and uh, some eggs, they can actually survive up to two years. So once these eggs hatch, the larvae will feed on the organic material found in water. And these larvae, they're also known as wigglers. Wigglers. <laughs> so they have a small head, an expanded thorax, and a cylinder-shaped abdomen. And the larval stage is a stage of feeding during which larvae filter through their mouth parts, the organic materials, and microscopic plants and animals that they find in the water. And some of them are actually even predatory. So that means that they'll feed on other mosquito larval species. And within four to 10 days, most mosquitoes have passed through the four larval stages or instars, and then they begin to pupate. So the pupal stage is a transitional stage before the adult stage. So the pupae, also known as tumblers, they're apostrophe shaped and they'll remain near the surface of the water unless they're disturbed. During this stage, they don't feed on anything. Um, within one to 10 days, 
they're ready to emerge and they're adult mosquitoes. All right, so adult mosquitoes. They have one pair of true wings. Uh, of course, long legs, which you're probably familiar with, elongated abdomens, and variable colorations and patterns. So definitely see some different patterns there. I know I have seen that, like the, the markings on the back, the stripes, that type of thing. Uh, male mosquitoes, they have full antenna, and female mosquitoes have more sparse antenna. Um, males will typically emerge first and wait near the emergence site for the females. So uh, they look forward to seeing the females. Um, they feed on nectar to get their required carbohydrates, that's the males, um, but they don't feed on blood. In addition to nectar, most females will also feed on blood as a source of protein and fat to produce eggs. So that's a, a valuable side note. So the males don't feed on blood, females do. Uh, males will soon die after mating and uh, while females can live for another month or two, depending on environmental conditions. So during the blood feeding process, female mosquitoes will use their mouth parts to pierce the host's skin. I'm sure we've all been bitten by a mosquito before. Once or twice. <laughs> so then they'll simultaneously take blood from the host and inject saliva into the host. So saliva from an infected mosquito can contain pathogens. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. These can enter the host as the mosquito feeds on blood. After blood feeding, female mosquitoes will go in search of nutrient-rich water or areas prone to flooding, and they'll lay their eggs and then restart the cycle. All right, so let's talk about mosquito-borne diseases. Uh, this is the part that everybody wants to know about because I think I was saying this to a coworker I think last week, the week before. We're kind of fortunate living in Pennsylvania. Um, we don't have a lot to worry about as far as um, you know. There's there's not a lot of predators out there looking to eat us. Uh, we don't have a lot of insects that are going to bite us or sting us or, you know, that type of thing. Not too many poisonous snakes. Um, but, you know, as we get more water, uh, more flooding, you know, just more precipitation in general, it seems like we're going to see more mosquitoes. Um, and so let's talk about the diseases first, and then we'll talk about ways to prevent mosquitoes from hanging out in your yard so um, they are known to transmit a lot of different pathogens that cause disease in both humans and animals for a mosquito-borne disease to establish itself in a geographic location the pathogen susceptible host and competent vectors must all be present so those are key for uh, actual establishment of mosquito-borne disease uh, so here we go We'll start with the West Nile virus, um, and that is typically spread by the northern house mosquito right here in Pennsylvania. The CDC says uh, about one of five people who are infected actually develop a fever, um, and there's some other symptoms as well. Uh, headache, body aches, joint pain, vomiting, diarrhea, rash. Uh, most people with febrile illness due to West Nile virus recover completely. Uh, but the, you can see some fatigue and weakness, which can last for weeks or months. Um, and it isn't, you know, safe to note at the same time, you can get extreme cases where there is death. Um, I think that can be said of probably the, each one that we're going to mention today. So the second one is Eastern Equine Encephalitis Virus. 
Um, the black-tail mosquito plays a part by feeding on birds, and then the infected birds get bitten by the cat-tail mosquito, or several mosquitoes in the Colex family, and then they bite humans. So it's quite a process for this one to spread. Um, the CDC says that it's characterized by fever, chills, body aches, and joint pain, and the illness typically lasts about one to two weeks. Most people will recover completely when there is no central nervous system involvement. Like Dawn said, there can be severe cases that can involve the nervous system and ultimately lead to death. And the last illness we want to talk about was the Zika virus. Um, I think we've heard about this maybe in the last couple of years especially. Uh, and that's spread by the yellow fever mosquito and the Asian tiger mosquito. So we talked about those at the beginning of the show. Uh, and those are the two invasives that kind of moved in. Um, still in the southern part of the state, but... You know, like I said, more precipitation, more likely they are spread north. So the CDC says uh, there's no current local transmission of the Zika virus in the United States. Last case of local Zika transmission uh, were in Florida and Texas, and that was back in 1617. So uh, it's been a couple of years, um, but just want to mention it because I know you know we've heard in the news lately and. Uh, it's still fresh in our minds, I think. So uh, the symptoms for that one are fever, rash, headache, joint pain, conjunctivitis, uh, muscle pain. And um, I think I also remember this too. Uh, they were worried about um, pregnant women uh, because there's the chance of birth defects with this one. So we don't mean to scare you um, with all the different things mosquitoes can cause. There are several ways to prevent any of this from happening um, and I think that's really what we wanted to focus on today. So you can take a number of measures around your home to help eliminate these areas. Um, disposing of cans, buckets, plastic containers, ceramic pots, anything that holds water, you know, getting rid of those so they don't have a place to breathe. Um, properly disposing of discarded tires. Yeah, that's a big one, tires. Um, I know some conservation districts actually have uh, a mosquito technician, right? And uh, Part of their testing is spending a good part of their day going to tire yards and you know households that have lots of tires in their their backyard that type of thing because they're such a breeding ground for mosquitoes if you have any type of outdoor recycling containers um drilling holes in the bottom of those can help yeah or uh you know one that people often overlooked is the roof gutters uh if you haven't cleaned your roof gutters in a while the debris builds up and it kind of hangs on to extra water uh, so one, just for the uh, sake of your house and keeping your house longer, uh, go clean your gutters too. Um, you know, it's also that breeding ground for mosquitoes. So getting rid of that extra debris will definitely help out. Plastic wading pools, um, another one, really anything outside that's holding water, wheelbarrows, anything like that, turning those over when they're not in use. Um, yeah, if you have um, ornamental pools, you actually get some fish in there and they'll take care of that job um, you know sometimes you don't get a year where people use the swimming pool um, take an extra step and, and chlorinate that somehow um, if there's stagnant water like you said you know just take care of it somehow and I think that's the overall theme right the, uh, the well just let's hang out with the stagnant pools you know, I, I get it. Sometimes the maintenance of a pool can be a headache. Um, but there is something called Bacillus thurgiensis, uh, subspecies Isriensis, 
Um, BTI for short. I like that a lot better. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can get that at garden supply stores, uh, home improvement stores. And it's, a, it's really a naturally occurring bacterium and it kills mosquito larvae. I was also reading online this past week that you can take peppermint oil and water it down a little bit and spray that around like the perimeter of your swimming pool and that'll keep mosquitoes and other bugs away from it as well. Haven't tried it, don't know if it works, but... Now that you say that, I'm pretty sure I saw probably one of the same articles, the, the mouthwash, like mint mouthwash, that type of thing too. I don't know, I've never tried it though. Um, additionally, there's ways that you can prevent mosquito bites in areas where you can't avoid them. So making sure that screen doors fit tightly and, um, you know, your screens and your windows are free of holes, especially once it gets warmer and, you know, you're keeping those windows and doors open in the summer. Yeah, I think, you know, like we said, uh, a lot of things are common sense. You know, it's, it's really just tipping over the extra containers in your yard or anything that holds water for a while. Um, finding a means to get rid of that water or you know whether it's putting some type of a substance in the water to reduce the chances of egg laying by mosquitoes um, but really just noting that it is a thing we should be doing focusing on uh, you know to keep ourselves our families uh, neighbors all from any one of these viruses because uh, there's a chance that you could get one so. yeah just wearing you know long sleeve um, shirts and long pants, especially at dusk and dawn. Um, there's insect repellents. You know, an effective repellent has DEET, Picardin, or if you're looking for a more natural, you can use lemon eucalyptus oil. Um, but yeah, all of those are options. You just kind of have to figure out what works best for you and your family. Alright, well, hopefully that helps you uh, give you a better perspective of mosquitoes. I think both of us learned a little bit here. Um, I definitely didn't know there was that many just exactly what you said at the start um, yeah. and you know just um, I guess I didn't realize the prevalence of both uh, equine encephalitis and um, West Nile virus so yeah. um, we do have uh, one event we'd like to mention and it's a citizen science tool uh, first investigation of stream health or fish for short uh, and this is Wednesday June 8th from 1 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. There's no charge for this. So it's put on by Penn State Extension, and they mentioned that it's for an introduction to the fun and easy-to-use mobile app and online reporting tools, um, free for anyone to use. And they'll show you how to access the reporting tools on your phone or computer and walk you through your first fish visit to a stream. So they'll teach you how to assess stream health by visually assessing plants, animals, water clarity, and the stream bottom how to use the first investigation of stream health protocol, and the benefits of tracking stream health over time. You can register online at Penn State Extension's website, or we'll also post the direct link on our Conservation Corner page. If you have any questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org and you can find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbert saying 
Enjoy the outdoors.